You are listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud, conversations about trauma and healing from two women who are doing the work. Hey everyone, it's Candace and Cher with Processing Trauma Out Loud. Cher and I just concluded part two in a series that we are doing on why we believe story work is the bomb. Cher, both you and I have had so much goodness come in our healing journey through really the foundation of story work. Working with our coaches and now working within groups where we just are so thankful that we discovered story work. But today we want to talk about some specifics of not just what we've seen in our lives through engaging our stories at a deeper level, but how we have seen that positively affect some of our clients that we've worked with over the last few years and not specifics necessarily about their stories at all, but just for anyone. We have pain points. We have challenges. And sometimes the older we get and we realize we're bumping into the same challenges over and over, we start to ask some deeper questions. In doing that, I mentioned to you before we pressed record that before I engaged in story work with somebody else that had really good eyes and ears and a desire to help someone in the way that they had been helped, I was holding stories that I was interpreting on my own. So I had one interpretation and it was mine. And not that that's all bad, but until I got those stories out, I had no other way of looking at them except through my own, I'm going to say unhealed trauma. So Cher, I am curious, what have you seen some of the, the, the challenges that have been overcome in maybe some of your clients' lives as you've worked with them as their coach over the last few years? One of the areas where our struggles, our past harm, our trauma, our developmental implications because of our stories of harm, one of the biggest ways it shows up is in our relationships. And that can be our friendships, our relationship with our spouse, significant people, and our relationships with our kids. And I think that this area of, especially for women, because I do primarily work with women, I think that a lot of times our stories come to the surface when we are, when we become parents, when we start to see our children grow. And as we find ourselves relating with them in ways that we begin to recognize, whoa, I don't like the way that I'm showing up. Why am I showing up this way? Oh my goodness, I'm becoming that parent that I said I would never be. Some some of those kind of messages. So I think this is one of the areas where I think it's, it's sweet for me to be able to come alongside of people is in the area of when their story begins to collide with the stories of their children. That might be through any any type of situation that arises. So it's not really the situation that arises, but it's this growing awareness that as a parent, I don't like who I am. Mm -hmm. And then I think so often through that, we begin to recognize that our own stories are coming more to the forefront. And I know this was definitely true for myself as well. The more I wanted to be 
that parent that could offer love and care and goodness and really be there and go to the deep places. And yet, then we begin to recognize that our own story is holding us back. So I think that is has been a huge thing for that I have recognized again and again with my clients. Most people don't come saying, I want to do story work, though I have had a few clients that actually have said that and, and even have said from day one, I have a story I need to tell. I have a story that has to be shared where I need care. But most people do not come saying, I want to do story work. But stories begin to emerge. The thing that I want to say that I feel has been profound over and over in the telling of our stories, that there are these places that have never been exposed to the eyes of another person. These places where we do feel so much shame and where, where probably we were shamed as a child, in some way, we were told we were the bad one because this particular thing happened. I believe that one of the most transformational things that can, that does come through story work engagement is when our shame is exposed to the face of love, when we experience someone joining us in that story but in a way that is different than anything that we experienced before and different in a way that just reaches to the deepest places of our young heart and soul and causes us to recognize maybe for the first time that I wasn't as bad. I am not as bad as I have always believed that I am. And this is so powerful when, when we experience in these places of deepest, darkest shame, when we experience the face of love, because that then enables us to show up in our relationships as a different person. And mm -hmm. why are we changed? Because when our places of shame and all of our perceptions about that experience new data, Oh, here's somebody who doesn't think I'm terrible because of that situation. Here's somebody who actually shows me kindness in that situation. Here's somebody who helps me feel loved or, or feel courageous or, or all the things. Our brain begins to develop new neural pathways. And this is then what changes our life, helps us be able to move toward our kids in different kinds of ways where we now can hold their stories in completely different ways where things that they do, maybe that irritate us or that feel shameful to us or whatever the situation brings, we now show up differently in the way that we relate to them. And this is an extremely beautiful thing. That's good. I, I want to go back and listen to that again, because I, I felt like I wanted to take some notes on a few things that you said, <laughs> because you, you really do have a gift of articulating the beauty of what happens in story work, but you're also, you've done story work with someone else and you do story work with others. And I just happen to be your friend that gets all the overflow of that. Yeah. <laughs> and I love it. And you do story work with me at times too. 
That's good. You know, I, I'm glad that you were naming that not everybody comes to you and just says, I want to do story work. I mean, we've made it known that we're story work coaches. Before I became a story work coach, I had gotten certified in working in the, the area of traumatic grief and loss. People that are in really deep crisis mm-hmm. of a loss. And I noticed, so I, I have worked with and have clients who, who didn't come to me initially for story work. It was, how do I survive this pain? So we don't jump into story work. You know, we stay with what's presently going on, yeah. but it, it does flow into story yep. because we never want to say that doing story work keeps you from real life grief of real life situations. Mm -hmm. But if you have stories, so like, like a few of my clients, right? They have, they're in a crisis, they're in deep grief. But then when they look back at stories, when they're ready, or they just naturally go there and, and say, you know, when I was seven, I had a dog die. And I mean, this dog was my companion, like my best friend. And I remember just crying myself to sleep every night. And I've tried to talk to someone and the sense was, it's just a dog, get over it. Or, you know, there was really no care given. There were no eyes on that child of seeing how deeply that loss affected them there's where the message begins. Right. And so now they're maybe in their thirties, forties, fifties, and they're experiencing another deep loss and their bodies are not going to feel safe or believe that maybe their loss matters or that it's not safe to share their grief. This is something I've seen with some of my clients that all of a sudden there's these lights that come on because now they're in the presence of saying, of of hearing someone say, wow, that was a big deal. Like, I want to hear more about that. Mm -hmm. What was that like for you? Mm -hmm. And I mean, literally, and you and I know this, we, we did it and we've had clients do it. They, sometimes there's a glazed look and and all they can do is let tears come. And that makes me teary just saying that. Yeah. Because it's about resonance. Yeah. My body and their bodies and our nonverbals begin this dance of, I can hold you in your grief. It's it's probably one of the most ooh, satisfying things, though hard, right? But to see someone not feel alone anymore. And the phrase is coming to my mind that I have heard you say many times to me and to others in our groups, I believe you. Mm. And when we have not been believed, whether that's my puppy dying is a big deal or someone is hurting me or whatever. But when we have not felt believed and someone shares their story, like you said, when they have not been believed and and you speak the words, I believe you. I believe every word that I have just heard you say. It's very impacting. 
I'm going to go personal here for a minute. Those words have been impacting, but then being in the presence of listeners that asked me questions where I didn't even really know what I believed. So there's a lot of confusion at times when you begin unpacking your stories. Yeah. And so I've had clients that I know that what they're saying is what they believe because they've they've never thought there was any other option to believe anything different. And so gently just asking a question or saying, you know, I, I wonder, I, I could be wrong, but I also wonder when she said this, could it have maybe meant this or something like that? And just slowing down and thinking, maybe there's more options here for me. Yeah. And I've told this story before. I used to look at two options. I can either do this or I can either do that. When my story work coach, I'm so thankful she did this because I do it frequently with my clients now. Can there be a third option here? And then we begin to discuss, oh, wait, maybe it's not so black and white. Maybe it's not that I have to just 100% jump in with both feet and trust everyone around me, or I'm out of here and I'm never talking to any of these people again. Where, where's the third option here? There's tenderness there. There's kindness there when we can consider the possibility of the third option. Yeah, it, I, I would say that's something I, I think I want our listeners to, to maybe think about. Where do you go when you feel like you're backed into a corner and you have no options? What yeah. does that feel like? And what, you know, what do you do in that space where it's either or and either or choice brings you despair? Yeah. How about anything else that you've, I don't know, maybe just something even you've noticed for one of your clients that, you know, was a deep pain point for them, but then they started to feel some relief. Yeah, I'm thinking about something that I hear over and over. And that is, and that would be the words that communicate to some, in some way or another, my voice does not matter. When I ask for something, I'm not responded to. When I say something that I want, or I don't want, or I like, or I don't like, my voice is disregarded. And I think that for women in general, this can be a very common theme that we, that we feel. We live in a patriarchal society. And then if you put kind of the, sometimes the, the church into that mix too, which has historically been very patriarchal and diminished the voice of the feminine, it's been a very significant thing for I would say women across the board, but I hear this a lot. And, and so again, I think it's interesting when stories begin to emerge that that theme comes up a lot, that something happened at some point in time when their voice was disregarded and to be able to slow them down, how you often encourage, let's slow that down. Let's come back. Let's talk about this more deeply. Because it's so easy to minimize the stories of harm that when, when something in particular happened over and over and over, and maybe when we even saw this happen to our own mom or our own grandmother or to other women in our community, we don't have, most of us do not have good role models of women who had good, strong voices that were 
honored and validated and heard. And so I love that we are now living in a time where where this is changing and where we now have the capability to experience the goodness of this from women and from men. Mm -hmm. And when we hear the stories, when I hear the stories of my people that I work with who bring up this issue in some way, and then the stories come forth that I can say, wow, I really am just hearing how your voice was dismissed or how your need was minimized or how you were just not heard or not respected. And then for them to be able to to recognize, wow, this did happen a lot. This happened all the time. And then to begin to make a big deal about the harm that came over something that may have even not felt like a huge moment of harm in their lives, but then how they can begin to use their voice and how hard it is to begin to ask for what we need to really, where I will encourage them, think about one thing that you need that you will ask for this week. Think about one, how, think about how you will communicate that. What are the words that you want to use? What are you expecting the response to be? And then what were your, what, what, how will you counter that? Like instead of just shutting down and disappearing, which has been the typical MO, what if you stay engaged and say, no, I don't like how you disregarded my voice. I asked you for something that I need. Let's come back to that. Let's talk further. Look me in the eye. Listen to me. Hear me. This matters. And we can do that in ways that sometimes we do have to get loud or or we do have to stay, say it with a certain level of intensity to get their attention. But there, th- this requires so much courage, but it is so doable and it is so important that we yeah. begin to feel that our voice is heard. Yeah. And it requires a lot of work around, I'm going to name anger. Yeah. I often, I, I've noticed, because we get to know ourselves better as we continue to do our own story work and then we are doing story work with others. We're always learning. We're always growing. We, we grow from, (laughs) we grow from working with our coaches and we grow from working with our clients for sure. But one of the things that I've noticed is I have been able to help women get in touch with their good anger without feeling like they're going to go off the rails. Okay. So it is It is this space where we're realizing that we have these stories that have either shut us down or even caused us to power up. And so finding this space to feel, and and when I say anger, what I'm really saying is there's a grief process here. As you begin to see how not showing up, like speaking the truth in love, which can involve firmness, has has not only hurt yourself, but even hurt people around you. So there's, there's grief there. So like, I, I know this sounds, hmm, how do I say this? I enjoy holding good anger and providing guardrails for what do we do with this anger in a way that we can heal and then bring our voice in ways that invite transformation and change for everyone around us. And recognize in humility. Yeah, we're on the journey too, but we're just asking, will you join us here? 
not asking for perfection. We're asking for, will you care? Mm. Will you care that the building or the home or the organization is burning to the effing ground? Will you care with me? Yeah. Or or not even burning to the effing ground. But will you care it's that smoldering? Well, yeah. Will you care that that the boat is rocking a little bit? You know, yeah. and I and I'm even thinking when you name anger that sometimes an accusation can come back at us. Then, like, well, I just feel like you're angry, and I think that there's a place then that we can begin to own that and say, you know, I am angry. I'm not out of control. I'm not raging. I'm not destructive. But you're right. I feel some anger around this. I feel some intensity around this. I am asking you for something that I need, a change that I want. And I want my voice to be heard and honored and respected. It, what, what's so beautiful about that? And I know it's hard sometimes to get there. But we can hold that and give other people the space to not even agree. Yeah. But we need to know the truth, right? Yeah. Like if, you know, and I'm going to say, especially in partnerships and marriages, mm -hmm. like we, we have to have some level of mutuality and honesty you know, on some of those bigger needs. And we're not talking about, I need to go on a 10 day vacation. Okay. So we're we're talking about these needs at a deep human level that we were created for intimacy and connection. And, and so when when we're not being met or there's not a willingness, we have new data and sometimes we have to make different decisions with what we can live with and what we won't live with. Right. Yeah. And when we can use our voice and then keep coming back to it. Sometimes when we're making these changes and in, in what, whatever area it is when we're making these changes, we are the ones who are changing the rules of the system that has worked for how many years. And so we can even own that and say, I recognize I'm changing some, some of our rules, some of the rules of how we have related over the years. I'm showing up different. I will own that. And I'm just giving you the heads up. I'm going to probably keep showing up in this new way, because I like who I am in this space. I have gotten to witness relationships of people who I've worked with where there's the, so you're talking about disruption, mm -hmm. talking about the disruption of the old for something new and better, Yeah, you know, new and more satisfying actually for both people mm -hmm. or the system. And I, I have witnessed really sweet, good responses. And I have witnessed being named as a rebel or being named as just an angry woman who can't get what she wants. And what I want to say is absolutely there's risk. You're okay with staying in the old, even though you are feeling trapped or smothered or suffocated or whatever. We don't want you to be okay with that. But but you have you're the one that kind of has to be ready for the risk and ready to share your stories about why you're okay with that. <laughs> there you go. If you're working with us, yes. Yeah. But but I wanna I wanna recognize that here's what I want to say. I do believe when you are in a relationship or an organization in a system that values you and honors you, maybe not always agrees, and that's okay. We don't always need agreement. 
there are those situations where you will see the goodness and the fruit of of bringing your good hearted voice forward. And yeah, sure. I've, I've seen that with you personally, as you just brought that to our group in certain ways. And we've talked about that in previous episodes. And, and I'm, I'm learning to do that in new ways too. I, I actually did that yesterday. Yes, and, and that was hard for me, but I just, so the risk wasn't very high for me because I know that I know that everybody loves me and isn't going to leave me when I use my voice. And I just love, and this is a good place for us to end. I love that you said, and this, yeah, this really hits me in a deep place that you said, I know that I know that everybody in that group loves me. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And I do too. And (laughs) I know, and I know we all love you and I know that you all love me. And that is the result of us all doing really good and really hard and really meaningful story work together. And um, just to be in a space where we know that we know that we are deeply loved is precious. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just close out with once again saying this is one of the reasons why we believe story work is the bomb. Yeah. And one of the reasons why we will continue to share it. Yeah. So good to be with you. Love you, friend. Love you too. Thank you for listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud. Make sure to check out the show notes for links to suggested resources and social media. Like, subscribe, and follow to keep up with our weekly content. And if you don't mind, take a moment to rate and review us. Your feedback is extremely valuable and contributes to the success of this podcast. One last thing. If you have found this podcast helpful in any way, or if you have questions on how to take the next steps on your healing journey, please reach out to us via email at CandiceShare at gmail.com. That's K-A-N-D-A-C-E-S-H-E-R at gmail.com. Our sound engineer is Jeremiah Jones of Auditory LLC. We welcome you to join us for more conversations soon. Take care.